Welcome to the Coaching Kids Curling Podcast. My name is Glenn Gabriel, and I'm a certified curling coach who lives in Pickering, Ontario, Canada. The goal of this podcast is to give you, the youth curling coach and organizer, the advice, resources, and inspiration you need to make your program better. In today's episode, part three of our lesson planning series, I'll give you some tried and tested tips when it comes to writing out your weekly lesson plans. So far in our lesson planning series, we talked about setting your program's overall priorities, and I walked you through one of my practices so you could see how it reflected those priorities. Over the years, I've taken NCCP coaching courses, and I've attended multiple conferences and workshops. But I've also learned a lot by writing weekly lesson plans and seeing what worked and what didn't. I've also had the opportunity to talk with fellow youth curling organizers to see what they do at their practices. Now I want to give you some general guidance when it comes to writing your own lesson plans. Here are some tips for you to consider. Have one overall goal for your practice. Your actual activities might not match that overall goal 100%, but try to set a theme for that practice. That way, all your coaches and kids will be on the same page. You can also tell everyone, this is what we're focusing on today, and here's what your coaches will be looking for. Keep your actual practice plan as simple as possible. I'm talking about the actual piece of paper you give your coaches. Make sure it's one page and one side, max. And try to avoid making it a gigantic word block. Break it up with photos, graphics, and spaces for your coaches to write things down. For example, early in the season, I include step-by-step photos of our basic delivery sequence. Another example? Every week, I add a picture of a famous curler or team to our lesson plan. That photo can start a conversation with the kids, and, as they say, a picture is worth a thousand words. Get your parents into the habit of contacting you if their kids aren't planning to attend practice. This also applies to your volunteers. In general, knowing who is going to be there and who isn't will help you improve your practice plan. My goal as an organizer is to maximize the use of my on-ice volunteers and kids. That said, just remember, there will always be kids and coaches who don't show up without telling you even if you've reminded them a million times to tell you if they aren't coming. Plan your lesson with that in mind. For example, you might want to put an extra kid in a group, knowing that there's a chance that at least one kid in that group won't show up. It's like an airline overbooking its seats. They know that most of the time, you'll never get 100% of the passengers showing up. Use all your hacks and ice. Or put it another way, don't leave hacks empty. When I walk around the ice shed observing the practice, if I see a lineup, I know something's wrong. One way to avoid this is to organize your skill stations so that you can use the hacks on adjacent sheets. Another way to think about it, are you using both ends of the ice, the near end and the far end? 
If you have more than one coach looking after a group, divide the kids in half and have each coach work with one of those two mini-groups. Even if there's only one coach, divide the group into two and get them working on two hacks. You can stand on the sideline between the two sheets so you can see everyone on both hacks. How do you decide which kids go into which groups? Generally speaking, it's easiest when you put kids into groups of the same age range and experience level. Ask yourself, can this group play together? Will everyone find it equally challenging? That said, it's good to put random groups together once in a while and occasionally plan activities where age and size doesn't matter. For example, the scavenger hunt we discussed in our indoor activities episode. We want to encourage everyone, no matter their age or ability, to think of the whole group as one team. Plan your practice to the minute. Give each activity a start time and a finish time. Let's be real. You're never going to be 100% on time. But even if you don't do this currently, try to estimate the length of different activities and write that into your lesson plan. This will force you to think about the activities you use and why things take longer or shorter than you expect. It will also give you a realistic estimate of how long any particular activity will take and if you need to adjust it in the future. One reminder, if you're using rotating skill stations, kids take time to move from station to station. It's never instantaneous, especially early in the season. So factor that time into your lesson plan. I would strongly recommend organizing the skill learning part of your practice into stations, where the kids can rotate between them. It is way more fun for the kids and the coaches, too. Will there be times when you stick to the same sheet, kids and coaches, for the whole practice? Yes. For example, in my program, we do that for the first two or three practices of the season. When it's early in the season and we have a bunch of new kids and coaches, staying on one sheet gives them the chance to learn our routines without the confusion of rotating stations and groups. But, for the most part, we like to use a rotating station model for all our skill learning. Teach any individual lesson for at least two practices. It gives the kids a chance to repeat a drill or activity for a second time and get better at it. It also allows the kids who are absent for that practice a chance to catch up with the other kids. Always throw rocks at every practice. Throwing rocks is arguably the most fun part of curling. That, or maybe snack. Always play a game. It's fun, and kids love games. So include some game time in every practice. Trust me, kids will notice if you don't let them play a game during their ice time. Always include more activities than you think you need. That way, you don't get caught with nothing to do if you finish early. It's a good idea to pick an activity or two in case your group finishes earlier than the others. In our program, we use the four corners game. 
So those are some tips that I hope will help you with your weekly lesson plans. In an upcoming episode of our lesson planning series, I'm going to introduce drills. Specifically, the challenge of finding them and then deciding which ones to use for a particular lesson. Here's the dirty little secret when it comes to drills and skill activities. There are only a few basic drills, but there are a lot of variations to each of them. Coaching Coaching tidbit. In this segment, I share a piece of coaching information that might help you in your coaching education. I recently saw two posters on the Curling Canada website that feature high-level curlers Chelsea Carey and Kerry Galusha. The posters show both curlers in action, with one delivering a rock and the other skipping. Each poster reads, She's got it all. Leadership, skills, tenacity, and the challenge of not showing both when she competes. These posters, and others featuring women in other sports, are part of a new campaign by Canadian Women in Sport, highlighting the extra set of challenges that female athletes face that men and boys don't. I encourage you to visit the accompanying website called Your Role. It offers tips and resources for coaches, parents, and administrators so that we can understand those specific challenges and try to improve the sport environment. Considering the recent Krista McCarville incident, this couldn't have come at a better time. For those of you who aren't aware, in October, McCarville posted a tweet of a letter she received from an anonymous writer. Inside was a newspaper clipping of her delivering a rock with her head circled in pen. Also included was a written note that read, Krista, this pic says it all, and that's why I don't watch women's curling anymore. Do we really need to hear all this screaming? The key question to ask here is, would a men's team ever get a letter like this? The answer, of course, is no. So let's make sure that all our curling programs, no matter what age group, do a better job of acknowledging these special challenges and improving the sport for girls and women. This has been the Coaching Kids Curling Podcast. To reach me, Coach Glenn, please email coachingkidscurling at gmail.com. To subscribe to our podcast for free, visit our website at coachingkidscurling.com. You can also find show notes and links to the resources mentioned in this episode and in previous episodes. The intro and outro music was Golden Sunrise by Josh Woodward. Thanks for listening. Good luck and good curling.